0: We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit EquipusChurch.com. Great to be with you this morning. I just want to say thanks for having us here. It's just a privilege to be able to, to, to be with you this morning. Um, Kirsty's out in Mosgiel. She was here last night. She's going to be preaching tonight. She gets to do three preachers, I get to do one. Which I'm okay with, I'm happy with that. She's got a, she's got a real gift when it comes to speaking. But uh, like Desiree said, we've been pastoring in Totoga now for six years. And uh, obviously we're married, two little girls. They're going to be two and four by the end of the year. So they're an incredible blessing to us. Uh, they keep us on our toes, running around. And, and prior to that, we were living in, in London with, um, which is where we met Willie and Desiree. Uh, your, your pastors, and um, we met them in, in 2006 and started going to church with them and started serving with them. And Willie said to me, hey, do you want to come and wake up at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning and get home by 10 p.m. and work the whole Sunday? I was like, yeah, I want to do that. You're doing it. And so we served together and, and, and really got discipled. And, and we knew these guys for nine months before they, they got the call to move back to Masterton. And, and I think it was within about four weeks after being called back to, to Masterton, they had packed up their life in London. Might have been even a bit, I don't know, it was about that. And they were back and gone. And so it was like, we knew these guys for nine months, but they became lifelong friends in that short period of time. And it's, it's been such a, a, an awesome journey. I, can I say you guys have amazing pastors? amazing pastors. If you don't know that already, they're both committed to the, just live out the call of God that's on their lives, and they've got incredible servant hearts, and, and uh, we love them, so we're so grateful for the friendships and relationships that you get to develop when you serve together in the house of God. It's an incredible thing, I think. So uh, I encourage you, if you're not serving, you should serve, because a whole lot of stuff happens in that space. Discipleship happens in that space. So often we think discipleship is just about teaching but there's so many more components to discipleship. It's actually being together, just coming together and being regularly in in the house, serving together. All those sorts of components are parts of discipleship. So so for us, these guys left London, and then six years later, we stayed for a little bit longer, and then we got the the phone call, and uh, our pastor at the time came and said, hey, I need to talk to you, and... I said, oh yeah, cool, we've got youth tonight because we are leading a youth ministry, and he goes, um, can, can we make it, you know, book in next week or something? He goes, no, I need to come now. And I'm like, okay, okay we'll shuffle some things around and come over, and, and I said to Kirsty, what have you done? <laughs> I was like, I know I haven't done anything wrong, but you've obviously done something wrong. The pastor wants to come and see us, and he came around and he said, look, you know, uh, we've had a phone call from Pastor Sam, and... They would like you to go and plant and in it, or be a part of the plant in Tauranga. And immediately for both of us, we'd been on this journey, and God had been speaking to us. We knew there was change coming. We thought it was simply just laying down the youth ministry and passing it on to some younger leaders. And uh, we thought that was, you know, the shift. Immediately something in our spirits left. We knew it was God. So we knew that was, we had to move back. If we didn't, it would just mean unfulfillment. It would mean something was missing. It would, would have meant a gap. So we, we said yes straight away. And our pastor at the same time said, don't say yes straight away. Just pray about it and think about it. for Because obviously he wanted us there. Uh, and so we, we, we said yes. But then we spent the next two, three, four, five weeks not sleeping. You know, like counting the cost. Because there was a cost. I was working as an engineer, a uh, mechanical engineer in the oil and gas industries. I was making a lot of money, <laughs> which was awesome. We got to go traveling into Europe, and, and every, we'd, we'd have trips going on all, all the time. And we're, Living in London is amazing. And so we were counting the cost. We were coming back onto no salary. And so, so we did that. We said, yes, we'd been on this journey, which we'd committed to, say, Yes to God. Yeah, pray, pray. We prayed that prayer, God send me, I will go. Yeah. And the dangerous thing about that is God says, okay, I want you to go. Yeah. <laughs> and so we said, okay, I'll go. We went back and, and it's been an adventure. Who knows a life of faith is an adventure? Yeah. And I think that's really what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, just the, the life of faith. Our little, our little girl... Who's, who's one, when we're driving along the car, sometimes she'll just randomly scream. That's kind of her personality. She gets that from Kirsty. And we say, what, what, why are you screaming, Carmen? And she goes, exciting. <laughs> Something is exciting, and she just screams, because she's, she's on an adventure all the time. Here's the thing. I don't think we have any idea where God wants to take us or what He wants to do and how He wants to use us. The life of faith is such an adventure. And I've got a just a, a little picture, an image for you this morning, which if we can put that, uh, the, there's a boat called the Spirit of Adventure. The boat with, uh, if that can come up, I don't know if the guys have got it. But um, it's this boat with, with, without its sails up, Will that come up somewhere? Oh, the other one. Without the sails up would be good. The first one. Let's see that one up. No. Technology. I've got it here. I can see it here. There we go. So you can see this boat. It's. Uh, has anyone been on this boat? A few people. It's a pretty cool boat. So here it sails down, right? It's in the harbour. It doesn't really look like it's ready for any sort of adventure. With the sails down, there's no wind. When the wind blows, it can blow as much as it wants, but it's not going to put any driving force behind the sails. It's not going to push this thing. It's just going to sit there in the harbour. And can I just suggest that maybe there's some of us here that look like that? That's what our faith is like right now. Maybe we've come to a space in our faith where Uh, Maybe we've been in the faith for a while, and we know. Okay, I've been there. I've been out and out to sea. I've 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 done that. I've I've had my sails of faith up, but but I'm just sitting in the harbour now. The anchor's down. Uh, You know, I've come to some sort of plateau. I'm just settling. I'm just settling for uh, the comfort of of what I know. You know, I've got my lazy boy. I've got my remote. I'm comfortable. I think this is one of the biggest dangers in Christianity in our faith. We get comfortable. Because a life of faith is a life of adventure. If we're not on, we're not on adventure, we're not living a life of faith. And so, so there's the other picture. We put the sails up now. You can put that picture up. Uh, this, is, this is what this boat is designed for. It's designed for adventure. It's designed to have its sails up. It's designed to, uh, to, to go, go out and be uh, in a space of adventure. And my prayer for us today, my prayer for you today, is that you put a sail up. Yeah, right. My one prayer for us is, is that we put a sail up today because I believe as we put our faith in, and we agree with and we align with the principles of Jesus Christ, it's like us putting a sail of faith up and, and then God by His Holy Spirit can come in and He can blow and He can propel and he can, he can put a driving force behind us to take us where He wants us to go and lead us into places we wouldn't go without that sail of faith that is up. And so it, it pushes us and drives it into what we're designed for. What you're designed for is is a life of adventure. And I love the thing about this this boat and this image is it's not just one sail. It's not just one sail you put up and that's it. There's a scripture, I didn't give it to the guys to to put up on the screen, but uh, Peter says in 2 Peter 5, he says, add to your faith. It's not just one sale of faith, it's add to your faith, and he talks about virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and all, the, all these other things. And it's he says, if, if, uh, if you're unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. Here's the thing, if you're not adding to your faith, you're losing vision. You're not going to see clearly. And so a few scriptures for you, and we'll get going. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. We've got to trust in Him. We've got to assume that as we lean on Him, He's going to direct us. He's going to blow us into the right places that He wants you to be where you're going to grow, where you're going to be developed. If, if you're not moving, if you're not allowing God to move you, you don't need any direction. You're just going to sit where you are in comfort. Here's, here's the, the other scripture. This is probably the, 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 the fundamental scripture for this message. John 10.10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it, more abundantly. As we put our sails up and we go on adventure, it's based on this fundamental truth. Based on this fundamental truth that Jesus has the best life possible for you the most fulfilling life, the most life giving, the most overcoming, the most victorious. Here's the thing, a lot of people think, oh man, Jesus just wants to ruin my life. Well, yeah, there is part of that. But He, he wants the best life for you. People think, oh man, church, just they, Pastor William and Desiree, they just want to ruin my life. Yeah, they do. But they want the best life possible for you. So sometimes we think, oh, I've got my plans. But Jesus comes along and says, no, I've got better plans for you. Yeah, right. But you're going to have to make some sacrifice to step into those plans. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And so when your pastors say, hey, I can see something for you, and you go, well, I've got my plans. Yeah, wow. You've got to make a sacrifice to step into something bigger and greater that they see more for you. Yes. Right. And so I, I, this is the fundamental thing. I've got to believe that God has the best plans for me, and they're better than my plans for me. And He knows those plans better than I know those plans. So that's where that step of faith comes in. So this is fundamental. Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. So when we come up against stuff, when we come up against storms and waves and trials and all the the rubbish that life throws at us, We can stand because we have this truth. We can continue on course because we have this truth. He has the best life uh, for you and I. We've got that as a strong foundation. We keep that sail of faith up. So here's my question to you. What do you believe in God for? What do you believe in God for? What are you putting your faith in right now? Because if you've plateaued, maybe at one time, you, you've believed God for big things. You've, you've believed God for, uh, you know, you're asking Him for blessing. You prayed like Jabri's prayer. You know, you know, he, he prayed, bless me, enlarge my territory, use me, send me, I'll go, fill me. I want to see miracles, God. Prayed big prayers like that. What do you believe in God for? Are you still praying big prayers, or are you just settling for something? Are you settling for the consolation? You are saying, "God, just just anything will do, just something." You know, you just lowered the expectations. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe you believe in God for a, if you are single here. Maybe you believe in God for a man. You think, man, I just praying God, just just give me a, a, a someone I can marry. Someone who's, you know, who's tall, loves God, someone who's going to be a great provider, he's going to be an incredible dad, he's going to be funny, he's going to make me laugh, all that sort of stuff, loves those long walks on the beach and movies and all that sort of thing, uh, a good kisser, all that sort of stuff. Maybe you've been believing and praying this for a few years now, maybe longer, maybe five or ten years. Maybe now you've lowered your expectations. God, I just pray he's a man. God, if he's breathing, that's a bonus. A job is, you know, that's optional extra. But God, I'm praying this prayer, but it's not happening. And, you know, maybe there's other things. Maybe you're believing for a big, you know, you believing God to be an incredible businessman or person. And you've been praying this for, for, for a while, but now you're just going, God, oh, I just need to make the rent. I believe I'm called to, to make a whole lot of money, but I'm just paying the rent now. And you've lowered some expectations. Maybe being a parent, you had this, you, if you're a parent here, you had this great you know, belief I'm going to be an amazing parent. I'm going to read all the parenting books. I'm going to have all the tools in my toolbox for when they misbehave. And, and now you're just, just trying not to strangle them. You're trying just to keep them alive. It lowered your expectations a little bit. But, you know, maybe you have lowered that sale of faith. But I want to say this morning, come on, raise some more sales this morning. God might do something incredible. Here's a thought. You have no idea what God will do as we keep up the sale of faith. No idea what what God may do. Uh, I've got quite a bit of stuff in this message, so I'm going to go through quite quickly, but this, you know, Abraham and Sarah, we know the story in the Bible. They were wanting to conceive. They wanted to have uh, children. They couldn't conceive. And in Genesis 12, there's this promise that, or this promise God says to Abraham, he says, leave your home, go to a land I'll show you. And so he packs up his stuff. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to be father of many nations. You're going to have children. You're going to have grandchildren. And so there's this promise in Genesis 12 to Abraham and Sarah. And they would have been thinking, awesome, we're going to have kids. Let's go. We've been obedient. We've been sent. Let's go. A month goes by, no children. Another month goes by, no children. Another month. And it goes to Genesis 15. And I love this about God. He says, sometime later. Do you know how long that sometime was? That was a decade. He said, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and he said, do not be afraid for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, oh sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? God, you're promising more stuff, but you you told me 10 years ago. And so from Genesis 12 to Genesis 15, there's a decade that's passed, and he says, what good are all your promises? A decade more of, of unfulfilled promises, unrealized expectations, every month disappointed, 120 months. No kids. And you might have your own version of the story. Or, you know, you've been praying for something, believing for something, whatever it is that you've been believing for. You know, for us, for, for our story, a little bit similar to, to Abraham and Sarah, except I'm not 99. <laughs> but we started trying for kids in the UK in 2006. And... Uh, I kind of thought it would just happen, you know we came off um our contraception, and uh I thought, oh, okay, we're going to have kids next month in my naivety, and so a month went by, another month, nothing. Friends are having kids around us. What's going on, God? It's, you know we're healthy we're you know, so we're you know. We start uh, trying to time things right and do all that sort of stuff that you do and and nothing was happening. So we started, you know, going to the doctors, getting tests, nothing was, nothing, no issues. Then we started getting these prophetic words. You're going to be a father. You're going to be a father. You're going to have kids. And it's like, yeah, okay, we're looking after the youth. They're kind of our kids, lowering our expectations. as like one year two years three years four years god did you did we not hear you right did did you forget about us god what what's going on here are you, are you even here he, god so the same thing from Abraham's point of view nothing is happening he lowers his expectations god just give me a son and so Sarah says, oh, he's, he's my maidservant. Have a son here. You know, you can, you can do this. Unfortunately, Kirstie didn't have a maidservant. This was a little bit, so we couldn't. <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. You have no idea what God may do as you keep up the sail of faith. Okay, one thing we did throughout this, this time, and I think we did well, in my opinion, we kept up the sale of faith. We said, God, we're not going to put faith in an event. We're going to keep our faith in a person. We kept our faith in a person. We said, Jesus, if we don't have kids, we believe your promises. We believe the prophetic words. We'll put our faith, you know, we believe in them. But even if we don't, we're still going to serve you. We're still going to say yes. We're still going to go where you send us. We're still, and we're probably still going to have a really nice life because we'll, we'll be able to still travel and do all that sort of stuff as well. So we're, we're kind of a little bit okay with that. But um, as it was, we have two little girls now. But when it comes to life, when it comes to faith, when it comes to God's blessing, I believe we have a limited perspective I believe we don't see the big picture. God wants to add to our God wants to to not just to add to our lives, but He wants multiplication. He wants more than we understand. He's thinking more than we think. He wants the best for me more than I want the best for me. And just because we don't see anything happening doesn't mean there's nothing happening. It's so easy for us to think like that, but. You know, you could think, God, I've been praying for so long, but God is working. He's doing things behind the scene that you don't even understand or comprehend. You know? Abraham had this, this limited perspective, and it's the same limited perspective that, that we have We don't see the big picture because our our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. And so Abraham, he's in his tent, and he's he's describing God. God, I don't have a son yet. God, you know, you told me we were going to have this. What good are all your promises? And he's explaining the problem. How many of us are good at that? We see we see the problems. We see the stuff around us. and We're just describing them. The Bible says to speak to those things that that aren't as though they are. So speak to the mountain. Just speak speak to it and and believe that there is a, a miracle working God. Oh, I'm not married yet. I don't I don't see any prospects out there. Well, I'm buried in debt. How do I get out of this stuff? I, you know, there's, there's reports that come back that aren't God. I don't see God anywhere. I don't have a child yet. What's going on, God? Whatever it might be. Sometimes God doesn't meet our expectations because he wants to do more than our expectations. And so we see Abraham. He's, he's, he's in the tent, and God, the Lord meets him in Genesis 15 and he takes him outside. Out of his limited context, and I pray this morning that some of us are being broken out of our limited context. We see something bigger. Part part of what um, I hope to do today is is to see that happen. So he says in Genesis 15, look up to the sky, count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. God doesn't just want to add to our laws; he wants to multiply. Bigger than we can imagine. Here's the thing Abraham was thinking of a son. God was thinking of a nation. And and, and if you belong to Christ, if you if you have faith, the Bible says that you are the seed of Abraham. You're part of his family. You're Abraham's seed. We have no idea what God may do as we keep up the sail of faith. So while Abraham was thinking of a son, God was thinking of you. So the thing you're believing for, the faith that you that believe, the thing you're believing for, God has a bigger picture. There is a bigger picture. And I think we need to be careful not to measure God's unlimited power by our limited expectations. We have no idea what God may do as we keep up the sale of faith. For us, we we kept waiting seven years, eight years. We, we said yes to the call to move back to Tauranga, which, which we didn't have to say yes to, but we had the... the, the the sense that God was in us and we, we moved back and we planted. For me, it was the most scary thing I, I've ever done in my life. But it's been, it's been an amazing journey. And we, we were doing church and uh, we hadn't had kids and we were looking down the adoption route and which is a, a, a challenging path in itself. But then we were at church one day and, and this this is how it happened. Cursey was preaching one of our night services, and just before the service, one of the guys in church who wasn't married came up to me and said, I um, oh, hear you're looking to adopt? I was like, Oh, yeah, it's a journey we going on. He goes, Oh, I might be able to help you out. Like, okay. <laughs> it's a little bit weird, but. And he goes, Yeah, I've uh, got um, Isabel pregnant. I'm like, you guys aren't married, eh? Which proposed a little bit of a pastoral issue for us. But um, we went on this journey with this couple who, are, who were in church. And um, we, we, we went right through the uh, the pregnancy. We were there for the birth. We went to the scans and all that sort of stuff. And we were blessed to be able to adopt uh she's here today, our eldest daughter, she's four years old now, and she was handed over to us at two days old on Christmas Day in 2014. And we, we took this little you know, bundle, just I could hold her in my hand like this, and we walked into it, we drove her up to Auckland, we had Christmas Day with our new baby. And at the same time, we'd still been believing for our, you know, a child of our own. At the same time, we're, we're going through the IVF process. And so that, that had happened. And that in itself, you know, people say, oh, you, you did it through IVF. You cheated. or it's still a miracle, I can tell you. We had, we had five embryos. And we just, one by one, they kept getting replaced, nothing. didn't work. didn't work. Didn't work. One left. I oh, yeah, We'll just go and do it. That's Carmen, who's here today. The last embryo. And so I can just stand here and say, God is good. He is a faithful God. But here's the thing: if we'd never said yes to moving back to Tauranga, we would never have Michaela. God was doing stuff that we didn't understand. God was working behind the scenes. If we didn't keep the sail of faith up, it wouldn't have blown us into the plan and purpose God had for us and for the life of this little girl. Her life wouldn't have been as good as I believe. It would never have been anywhere near as good as the life she has now if she wasn't in our family. And so we're just so grateful. And so so uh, yeah, so grateful what God has done. Simply because we had the sale of faith up. We had friends who went through exactly the same thing. Still haven't had kids. But their faith got hit so hard. They didn't keep the sale of faith up. And they drifted. And I want to encourage you today. Just because you don't see God working doesn't mean he's not doing something. Keep the sale of faith up. You might say, well, I don't have much faith. I've run out, but you don't need much faith. It says in Matthew, if you've got faith even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move. And it will move. You know, Abraham, he didn't, he, he's our father of faith. But you know what he did when he got told he was going to have a son when he was 100? He laughed. He said in his heart, should a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? There's a challenge this morning. Don't, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. We will reap a harvest. There's, God is doing something. There is miracle. There is breakthrough. There is salvation. There is blessing. There is new ministry opportunities. There's, there's more. There's more. There's more. I believe he can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. We have no idea what God may do as we keep up the sale of faith. Here's the thing, your life, your life is like a seed. The Bible says in John 12, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Here's the thing, a seed is, is, is ineffective and unfruitful as long as it stays in its preserved state. If you play it safe and stay in the harbour, you stay settled in comfort, you keep believing for little, your life is going to be ineffective. Life without the sale of faith up remains a single seed. But if you die to self die to flesh, die to your own desires, you, you put them to death, but you put up the sale of faith, your life becomes fruitful. Your life becomes more than you can imagine. Your life becomes an abundance. There's some overflow that will flow out of your life. I believe he has adventure for your life. I don't care how old you are. I know people who in rest homes are still saving people. They've got purpose for their life. The saddest thing I can see is someone without purpose, no matter how old you are. God is still working. He is still good. He has adventure for your life. And my encouragement is keep up your sail of faith. Add to your faith. Allow Him to blow you by, by His Holy Spirit into adventure each and every day. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And He's got an incredible plan and purpose for your life. I wonder if you stand with me. A team can come up. I know I'm pretty brief this morning. but I'd just love to pray with you. Father God, I thank you for this incredible congregation, this incredible ministry that is going on here in the city of Dunedin. Father, I pray that each and every heart here has just received something this morning to stir faith, to stir vision, to stir purpose. Father, I pray, Father God, for where people are standing in faith, believing you for a miracle. We believe that you are the God of miracles. You are the God who answers prayer. You are God who comes through. You're the God of multiplication. Your picture is bigger than ours. And you want the best for us more than we want the best for ourselves. And you know how to outwork that, Lord God. So I pray for each and every person here especially those who are standing believing for a miracle Lord that you meet them where they're at you give them courage to continue standing through the storm to continue believing in faith and Lord I thank you Father that they will stand with victory they will stand with an answer and a miracle at some stage because their faith is in you and of it. Thank, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.